0: The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by the Federation for American Immigration Reform and George Rodriguez on 930 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news in liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez.
1: Howdy, howdy, howdy once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Welcome to our show, my friends, on this Saturday, December the 24th. Merry Christmas to everyone. We've got a packed show for you. I'm going to introduce our first two guests, then we're going to take a break, a commercial break, and we will be back, and I'll introduce the uh, next two. Our first two guests, though, are Mr. Todd Bensman from the Center for Immigration Studies and Ms. Kelly Perry, who is the Senate District 19 State Republican Executive Committee member. She's also the chairman of of the Republican Party of Texas's Border Security Legislative uh, Committee. We want to hear about these folks because they're going to talk to us about the, the, the impact, the removal of Title 42 is going is to happen here, and it's going to give us here in uh, South Texas. So, folks, welcome to the show. Call your friends. We'll be right back after our guests, and we'll introduce the other two guests. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Todd uh, does articles regularly about what is happening here at the border. And uh, I wanted to ask him about his latest article, as well as this latest situation, Todd, that we've been speaking about, where the media. Particularly ABC to be specific, the mainstream media is blaming um, is blaming Governor Texas Governor Greg Abbott for saying that it's an open border and then claiming that he is responsible for people coming because he said there was an open border. Incredible. Let's uh, let's start first of all with uh, with that and then we'll go to your article. Give us your.
2: It's thoughts. the ulti- It's the ultimate gaslighting that that attack that they're taking, uh, trying to somehow blame this on border hawks who just want nothing more than to shut everything down and have uh, put National Guard down there and Texas DPS troops and everybody down there trying to block this off. The fact of the matter is, is that what really causes mass migrations to start and stop is when people in power, lawmakers, presidents, Uh, senators congressmen uh the head of dhs say out loud that they plan to shut the border down that they plan to send immigrants home who, who try to cross and then they follow through on the ground they follow through immigrants are watching every move they're listening to it's true they're listening to everything that uh that is said by people in power that have the authority to do it but ultimately what what triggers uh journeys are selfies on the internet cell phone selfies of their relatives and friends and neighbors who actually get across just like the democratic leadership said that they would and they're getting in so they send pictures you know thumbs up photos back down trail and that really more than anything else anything else is what spurs mass migration crises it's, getting, it,
1: it really is amazing. I mean, we we have seen that here in San Antonio at the migrant center, where they are constantly walking around with their cell phones, telling their friends back in uh, in in Caracas or wherever, telling them that um, you know they made it.
2: It's ubiquitous. I mean that that is the live, real time intelligence network, or the cell phones. And I never met an immigrant who didn't have the most modern iPhone. Uh, that you can get your hands on, pretty much. And everybody's connected to chat rooms and and, and what, what they all are watching. Uh, I know this because I'll sit there with them and watch them do it, and they'll explain it to me. Uh, what's happening up trail? You know, what's happening up trail?
1: That's amazing. And then they turn around and they blame uh, Governor Abbott because he used the phrase open
2: border. Or just for nailing it you know he just they're also blaming the smugglers uh they call it disinformation they blame the smugglers for uh reporting that everybody that they've brought in gets into the country which is just simply <laughs> accurate <laughs> so that's like they're blaming they're, they're they're blaming chip roy and governor abbott and all the smugglers for doing this not the fact that they're letting everybody in. <laughs> really? <laughs> they're just letting everybody in.
1: The, that that fact is lost on them. I, it, You know, I, I have come to the conclusion that they are mentally ill. I mean, that's the only thing that I can think of. I'm not sure. What else? How else to describe this insanity of this administration? So, um, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to your latest article, buddy. Tell us about it.
2: Right so uh I have a piece up uh, at cis.org uh under my name Todd Bensman you'll find it there uh, about a survey that I did of Spanish language reporting all over Latin America which is another
1: another vehicle for for people to to encourage people to get in
2: <laughs> speaking of which uh, because um because the American uh media establishment has decided not to go anywhere near uh, South America or Central America and not to interview any of the migrants so in order to find out what was really going on I started looking up what Spanish language reporters were coming up with and I put a a large compilation of what I found in this article and the, the, the key findings are that there is a very significant march of a new, a new wave, a new uh, you know, human uh, wave coming for the end of Title 42 and expressly because Title 42 is ending, which the significance of that is that it, it, it makes the US asylum system available to them. Title 42 blocked the asylum system from a whole lot of them and now they're going to be able to access the asylum system why is that so important because the second you cross the border and say i want asylum you're in forever forever and so that's that's the whole problem that immigrants and their advocates have had all along with title 42 is that it blocks that immediate access to the united states forever and um they, they, uh, are coming from all over the world. They, uh, the Nicaragua is emptying out. Uh, there's great reporting out of Nicaragua of ten, thousands and thousands of people in three day long lines, young people waiting to get passports so that they can get to the border in time for Title 42. Uh, that, uh, Honduras is emptying out. Um, all of these indigenous tribes are leaving their ancestral Uh, homeland to go to the, yeah, to come to the U.S. border. Uh, there are, um, all of the Venezuelans, there are seven million Venezuelans in Latin America that are, uh, flood the economic collapse of Venezuela doing okay in all these other countries, but they were being 42'd home or to these other countries, but, uh, now they're coming back. The Guatemalans are coming back. The people that were targeted for 42 are all coming back and they're coming back in such huge numbers that in one case, a couple, a week or two ago, it overwhelmed a small town in Southern Mexico and they went bankrupt. They had a camp, a migrant camp there, and they just simply, the town went bankrupt from all the the volume coming through and they had no choice but to close the camp and 15,000 Immigrants were just like walking north, you know, on the roads with no food or anything. Um, we have had, we have trains that are, that are packed with people on the roofs, uh, coming through, uh, from the southern provinces of Mexico to the northern ones. Uh, we haven't seen that in a while. We have at least 35,000 people that are, uh, have overflown every single, uh, shelter. In northern Mexico, every single shelter is beyond capacity, sometimes by 100%. Uh, so people are now setting up camps and sleeping on rooftops and, you know, uh, packing into uh, hotels and hostels and anywhere that they can uh, from Tijuana all the way to Matamoros. And those are 42 people that would have been subject to 42 who... Uh, are waiting for the, gun, the the starting gun to fire so that they can uh, add themselves to the already historic numbers uh, that the administration has been letting in.
1: I mean, do you think that in the foreseeable future, let's say the next six months, that we might see at least a million people cross?
2: Well, the intelligence community is, is estimating that at the high end, you know, Five hundred and forty thousand a month could come in. So, I mean, if they hit that high end, and that's just the, that we know of, there are yeah. going to be runners and gotaways. But it's possible. It is possible. That in, I, I hope in, not.
1: In a six-month period, we would get a million of them. Wow. That, well, that, no,
2: in and in a, no, in a two-month period. Yeah,
1: in a two-month period, <laughs> we would get a million. Yeah. Of them. Incredible. Yeah,
2: and at the low end, they they were talking about three hundred and twenty thousand a month. So you would still have, you know, (laughs) I mean, the numbers that they're that they're talking about are pretty astronomical. We'll see what actually happens, but you know, the other thing that was interesting about the the Latin American coverage of this is that there is no debate whatsoever about what why these people are coming. It's not disinformation from Greg Abbott or the smugglers. They're just telling the reporters, we're coming for Title 42. Yeah. Well, we've been told, we've been told the no same question. thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we, the, the, inter, the interviews that we've done here in San Antonio, we've been told the same thing, that they're here because it, the opportunity is there, whether it's Title 42 or whether it's an open border, they're here because of that.
2: Well, they're coming because they are getting in. That's it. And they all know they're getting in. They're being let in by the millions. They have been let in by the millions yeah. already in the last two years. So, you know, it's, they don't need Greg Abbott to tell them the border. Exactly. They knew it. Listen, they knew it when it was happening.
1: Right. Yeah. We've got only about a minute uh, here. Um, give us your assessment real quick on on, on um uh, this whole situation in the next few months? I mean, is it going to, I mean, do we see any kind of let up at all?
2: It's hard to say uh, because we just have, we don't have any precedent for this, George. They're they're just, we've never had something like this happen. So we just don't know what's going to happen. It looks like once title 42 is gone, that the administration is planning to just pipeline everybody into the country. Who shows up at the border? They're saying they're going to be they're going to put uh, everybody into removal proceedings, but that's a misdirection and it's dishonest. It is when when you put people in removal when this administration puts people in removal proceedings, that means they're get, they're in the country for a year or three
1: plus <laughs> and plus then they, they just pay, disappear. Yeah, plus they pay they're paying. Uh, they, there's a grant for uh, attorneys to defend them. So you know.
2: Yeah, they're not they're never leaving. They're, they're not permanent. gonna leave. They're
1: not gonna leave. That's you, all there is. You can to
2: it. there are there are already twelve million people who have been living in this country who are in removal that right. <laughs> have been ordered removed and are in removal proceedings and they they've been here for thirty years. And that, does, that that, beats, all we're
1: gonna do is increase that number. Listen, it's buddy this direction. Yeah. We need we need to close out. Tell the folks where they can follow you.
2: Yeah, you can follow me at T Benzman at Twitter. And uh, also, I'm on Getter and Truth Social.
1: You you got it. Once again, my friends, we've been speaking with our good buddy, Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Thanks for giving us an update.
2: Thank you.
1: Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. And uh, we've got our good friend, Miss Kelly Perry. Uh, Kelly is the, uh, she is the Senate District 19, uh, representative, uh, or, uh, should I say chairwoman, and, uh, she, um, uh, lives right on, on the border, she lives in Kenny County, and, uh, I wanted to get her take, uh, on, uh, the pending lifting of, uh, uh, of Title 42 and the, well, we expect the chaos on the border. Kelly, thank you very much for taking time to do, to be with us today. Um, president Biden, uh, we are doing this recording on Monday. However, on uh, Tuesday, possibly on Wednesday, the president is going to lift Title 42, which means that, um, well that things are about to get worse on the border. Santa Claus is coming to town, but then so are thousands of illegal aliens. Um, Absolutely. Tell us about what's been going on and what do you expect?
3: Um, You know, Border Patrol is already overworked, and uh, they're not not even able to keep up with what's going on. Um, I had some word from El Paso yesterday where... um, they're just so far behind that people are just walking over. They're just coming through the places where the pe- the fences aren't uh, finished, and i um, just walking down the road, just coming on in, and there's no there's no people available to go and pick them up to process them. Uh, that's actually what it's going to look like. I I anticipate that's what it's going to look like. They're just going. There's not. There's not enough people on the ground to curtail anything of what's coming in. Uh, it's actually kind of already started, but by tomorrow, um, every every person that's been on their way, I understand that there's a, a large groups waiting on the other side. There was a group of 750, a group of 1,000. They, they can't process that many. There, there's not enough of them to do it. Um, I heard last week that there's certain areas that they let, they check one or two and then just wave in a group of 10 and then check in one or two. And so as far as the criminal aspect and terrors, terrorists, um, there's, it's gone. Any, any organization of knowing who's here and which gives us an idea of what to expect from criminals and terrorists, um, that's fixing to go out the door. There won't be any numbers. We won't know where they're going. Um, not that we really know where they're going now, but at least some of them are being caught. But they're just going to they're just going to walk into the United States starting this week.
1: And that's you know that is so uh, demoralizing for Americans. I mean, the purpose of the border is to protect a country, but when you're not even doing that, what uh, what kind of respect are Democrats showing to our
3: nation? You know it's so sad because the Democrat border towns don't get any help from federal. You would just think that they would. You know, okay, they might miss the Republican-held towns, but you would think that the the worst areas that are Democrat-held, uh, Eagle Pass and El Paso and uh, even Del Rio, but they're not getting any help either. They're they're asking for it from as 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 democrats and they're not getting help either it's everybody
1: now tell us about other things that have been happening i mean we see the pictures of uh, of the of the uh, folks crossing the river what about uh, things like car chases what about that kind of stuff uh, has that uh, do you expect that to be become more more so as um, the border patrol busy trying to process people while uh, behind their backs other folks are being smuggled in.
3: So um, here locally, where I am, there were uh, there was so many car chases last week. It was just crazy. It in the week before, and um, you know there was five killed, and it's what you're seeing is something that uh, smugglers have been doing for a long time. But you know we're very limited on our. Uh, deputies and dps helping and they 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 have a game you might want to call it where um, they send five cars through and the first one or two are picked up in a chase or pulled over or something and then that allows the rest of them to come in they just drive right by because we are uh, you know focusing on one thing and then they're doing something else that's an old tactic but it's there's so many now that it's being used all the time they'll catch them maybe sometimes a little bit further down the road i saw recently on one of uh, governor abbott's tweets where they're starting a new um, system i guess to apprehend the gotaways um, I'd be interested to see how that's working and how they're going to do that. You know, if they were gotaways, it doesn't seem to me that there would be a track record of them. If there was a track record, you would go get them mm. as, they're, as they're coming in. So the, that's one of the new things. I, uh, you know, this morning I sent out to several Border Patrol and National Guard asking them, asking them about uh, Governor Abbott's recent you know tweet and it's you know he's talking about they're building more border walls and the razor wire fencing um that they actually are there's areas that they're working on that border wall but they're still leaving those gaps in there yeah and guys, just they know where they are it's not like it's further down the road um the razor wire fencing that's already been I guess debunked is as you can say it. They just cut it and go through. I don't see that it's, um, it was, you know, it's for several reasons. So it, it opens up the law, but they, they're, they're not stopping for that razor wire. Um, I asked several people this morning about Abbott's tweet where it says deployed National Guard across the border to turn back illegal immigrants. Um, Border Patrol not, is now, um, Pretty much control the National Guard. The orders come from them. They come from Border Patrol.
1: Hmm. Say that again, because uh, because we, we kind of lost you there. Say it again. What, okay.
3: So um, National Guard takes their orders from Border Patrol. Yeah. Uh, like right now through Border Patrol and National, there's no plan to repel. None. None. National Guards only repel or turn back groups at the order and discretion of Border Patrol agents. They take all commands from Border Patrol.
1: And the Border Patrol takes its command from Mayorkas and Biden, so...
3: Absolutely. So where
2: does that leave us?
3: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Listen, you know, if the National Guard or DPS or local law enforcement apprehend anybody, anybody, they detain them, Until Border Patrol unit or transport pick them up, and then they're let go.
1: Well, let me ask you this real quick, because we've only got another few minutes. Um, Okay. You are uh, working with a group, a state-level group, on legislation to address the border crisis. Um, What do you think, what do you hope will come from that?
3: I'm hoping... A lot. Um, I would like to see, you know, um, Abbott declared an invasion, but they didn't invoke an invasion. They, they, he did it as a um, executive order, but that's where it stopped. There was no there's no teeth. Hand.
1: There's no teeth. To there's
3: it. no teeth. Yeah. There's no logistics for so handling. Would
1: you, what would you like to see?
3: I would like to see uh, full plans, I would like to see committees and people being put together by the governor to actually l- do the logistics on what we would do if we declared an invasion. It's the same way with the cartels. You know, we declared them a terrorist, but okay. Now what? So what I see that just keeps happening, he does an executive order, and then people believe that something's coming from it, and it just stops with those words being printed.
1: So you want That's you it. want action, you want some action. At I
3: point. want action and I'm working on it and the Republican Party, we're trying to get it through legislation, but you know what's even scarier is there's very few bills. You would think that everybody would have done something, right, to show that their support against stopping the influx coming across the border. But as of today, um, I would tell you maybe four, maybe four. Gotcha. But yeah, because they're not. Nothing's coming from it. Yeah,
1: and and these bills, you know, how much support they're going to get because they are going to get opposition from the Democrats. So who knows yes. where that goes anyway?
3: All those poor children. Okay. Um, you know, there was quite a bit of public came out with HHS in the last couple of weeks on all the still missing children and no, uh, a lot of them being connected to uh, child sex trafficking. And, um, they're just, I, I, it's not being stopped. The numbers are worse. Actually, yeah. the numbers are worse everywhere for children, people coming in. no numbers have gone down since this started.
1: And it's going to get worse. We need to uh, conclude. But, um, Ultimately, the thing is going to get worse when the, the Title Forty Two is lifted. Correct?
3: Yeah, there's no way to feed all those people.
1: Yep, you got it. And you know, once again, folks, all of these folks have never paid taxes, but they are going to take advantage of of our tax money and our uh, public services that we pay for our tax with our taxes. So, where's the fairness in that? I ask
3: you. Yeah. None, none whatsoever.
1: Kelly, thank you very, very much. We've been speaking with Kelly Perry, the uh, chairwoman for uh, SD for State Senate uh, District 19. Thank you very much for being with us.
3: Okay, y'all be careful with this cold coming in.
1: Yes. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio.
3: Take care.
1: Howdy, folks. Once again, welcome back. Uh, After our break, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of of South Texas. Our next two guests, my friends, Mr. Ron Kobach is uh, the fair spokesperson, spokesperson in Washington, D.C., for the Federation for American Immigration Reform. He's going to be telling us about um, the uh, legislation, the new coming, the incoming Congress what are the headaches that we need to prepare ourselves for? And uh, what are the hopes and fears we've got? We also have um, Mr. John Zadrozny, who uh, was an advisor to, the, in, to uh, President Trump, uh, also from D.C. He is with the uh, America First Legal Foundation. He's going to be talking to us, my friends, about th- what he calls the uh, civil war within the Republican Party that's looming in this congress. So folks, uh, sit back, listen in. Thank you for being with us. Let's go to our first to our to our next guest. Howdy, howdy, howdy once again, my friends, George Rodriguez el Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend Mr. Ron Kovach from Fair, the Federation for American Immigration Reform. I wanted to reach out to him in D.C. and ask him to please tell us what is going on with the politics of immigration, particularly since we're sitting here uh, on the border uh, watching an invasion happen and uh, possibly get worse. Uh, Ron, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time to be with us. What are the politics on Capitol Hill right now, particularly in this lame duck Session and um, what uh, people are doing. What are what's going on?
4: Hey, George. Yeah, thanks so much for having me back on the show. So right now in Capitol Hill, there are a couple of bills which uh, actually pleasantly for uh, our side of things failed recently in the past week, actually. So I'm sure you and your listeners have heard about the Tillis-Cinema DACA amnesty agreement. I think they were calling it the DREAM Act. Uh, And what they did was it was right before uh, Senator Cinema decided to become an independent. As a Democrat and a Republican, they came together, came up with an agreement as to essentially really what it mainly did was it gave DREAMers amnesty to come back and to come to the United States legally. Of course, as we all know, they've been here for a little over 20 years now. They went from children to adults, but still, nonetheless, they are still illegally in our country. What this agreement did was essentially it would give uh, legal legal status to the Dreamers in exchange for, and this was what was supposedly, and I'm doing air quotes here, is the Republican side of the deal would have been that there would have been more pay for, uh, for border security officers. We would have tried to encourage more border security officers, but really things like this, you know, especially being down by the border, that's kind of window dressing because bringing in the officers is good, but what we really need is technology. We need the wall. We need the policies that are going to be put in place so that way we're restricting people to come in. You know, like uh, was stroking down a couple months ago, the uh, migrant protection protocols or the Remain in Mexico policy. You know, that was something that was stopping people from coming in and ultimately what this bill would have done was it really would have gave DACA recipients the legalization they were looking for with nothing more than Uh, really window dressing for what the Republican side of things was looking at. So that was ultimately,
1: go ahead. No, uh, having worked on the 86, personally, having worked on the 86 amnesty, uh, I never saw very much enforcement. (laughs) So I'm very, very leery whenever they talk about let's do amnesty and then as well as enforcement. I I just, you know, have my doubts about it.
4: Yeah, yeah, and I mean there were doubts all over the place And really well, that was a good thing Because what we're looking at is that this bill it, Once they uh, started actually trying to talk about it And started to bring it to the floor It was dead upon arrival yeah, They couldn't even get the Democratic votes to vote for it To send it over to the House uh, Really what we're seeing is that this push for the Dreamers And really not having any sort of you know sort of Enforcement mechanism to go along with it Is something that's not going to fly Even with some of the moderate Democrats And what it's looking like
1: Excellent, well that's good, that's one down
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's one down, that's one down. Well, the next thing that was talked about was the Eagle Act, and what that was was it was, a, of course, a Democrat-sponsored bill, and ultimately what it would do is remove per-country caps for visas. So as we all know, the way that the visa process works is that every country has a certain amount of visas that they're allowed to allocate so their citizens can come to the United States and work. What this would have done would have made it so those country caps are eliminated. So, you know, countries like India, countries like China that have a lot of tech workers a lot of those H two uh, B, you know, visa recipients. Uh, those people are going to be the ones who are going to be really dominating the field. So you know, you have people, you know, whether they be from Argentina or be, you know, from Kenya, something along those lines. They're going to have to wait further back in line because the, our system would essentially be overwhelmed by people from other countries who may have different skill sets in those regards. So ultimately, what the, happened was the Eco Act was brought up so that way we could eliminate these per country caps. Fair, of course, adamantly opposed this. One of the main reasons. That it would give China an advantage To try to bring more people into our country And I'm sure I don't have to elaborate on what that could negatively mean So ultimately what happened was Through fair lobbying efforts through, um, the, the, through essentially us trying to Stop support on the Hill From this bill Was it was brought up to It was on the House schedule three times last week To be voted on Every single time they couldn't get the support Of Democrats, of Republicans To pass this legislation So it automatically, being, it automatically led to being tabled which, uh, you know, hopefully it's going to stay there up until the uh, end of the lame duck session
1: here. Wow. You know, again, it seems like what they want to do is just open up all the doors for everybody and anybody to come into the United States instead of, I mean, being selective as to who does come to the United States. I mean, we should be selective as to who comes in and who who doesn't.
4: Yeah, yeah, of course. And we should definitely be selective and we should definitely be vetting these people. And, you know, one of the key ways where uh, we have been vetting people currently and something that was brought up by the Supreme Court this week is uh, Title 42. Now, we've been talking about this. I'm sure you've been talking to a bunch of your different guests about Title 42 and what all the implications are surrounding that. And really what happened there was the Supreme Court in the 11th hour, what they ended up doing was saying that what we have to do with Title 42 is we're going to hold it up right now and they want to response from alejandro mayorkas on what his take is and ultimately what he's going to go through with because as we know there was that judge uh, i believe it was in texas who was the one who ultimately called to end title 42 now december 21st is supposed to be the day where it is finished up but the supreme court issued this stay meaning that we have somewhat of a reprieve but by no means does this mean that title 42 is officially going to stay in place
1: i mean do do these folks have any idea of what we are facing here right now. I mean, this morning uh, in Del Rio, we saw uh, in in a one hour's time almost 500 people just cross in groups. Uh, one group of yeah. 200, another group of about 300, and uh, you know, all, all these people are just being released back I- into our country. And uh, now what? I mean, don't yeah. they un- understand that it's, uh, it's a it's a it's a free for all?
4: yeah yeah and just like in el paso i mean they're bringing people into the facilities and then the facilities they don't have enough beds they don't have enough things which you know we could be some hotels could have proposed you know more detention beds more ways in this facility so that way we can store the people that are coming across the border and what's happening in el paso is that they're, they're just they're processing the people in the facility and letting them on the streets because they don't have room to process all these people that are coming across
1: yeah i was watching uh, uh the news this morning where um the uh, Mayor of New York is upset because uh, the city of New York is having to spend almost 500 million dollars uh, so far for for the uh, illegals that uh, that have uh, arrived in their city and they're housing them and providing the medical care, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Yeah.
4: But there was even a headline from the uh, sorry to cut you off here. There was even a headline from the Washington Examiner this week that said uh, that Mayor Adams is actually considering putting illegal immigrants uh, higher as people he wants to support as opposed to the homeless people of New York, because there's so many people coming.
1: in. It's incredible. But instead of instead of saying, uh, you know, let's stop them at the border he is saying, "Let give me more money, so we can we can take care of them." I, I don't I don't understand this. I mean, it's like the drug addict that uh, yeah. you know. Instead of quitting, what he wants is more uh, more drugs
4: yeah yeah and you know one of the the saddest things about all this is that you know he's proposing more and more money for illegal immigrants who are coming in he's gone as far as to propose bringing in a cruise ship for them to live on giving them a hotel to stay and all these different things but it's the homeless people in new york still don't have any sort of support he's not calling in the national guard to try to help them he's not trying to give them any sort of extra benefits and i mean these people i mean whether it's mental illness i mean some of them being previously veterans things like that they're losing out on this support because all the I want to focus on is the illegal immigrants who
1: are coming. It's incredible. Now, th- for uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like, you know, what New York and Washington DC are facing right now as far as their their uh, uh, the illegal aliens coming in and them providing services and whatnot. Um, that's where other communities are going to have are going to be facing sooner or later, like Chicago, like uh, Houston, Dallas.
4: Uh, All the other, yeah, of course. Uh, Did you hear what's going on in Denver? I mean, it's the same thing. They've had now no, uh, it wasn't Abbott hasn't claimed it, Ducey hasn't claimed it, DeSantis hasn't claimed it, but the city of Denver has actually gotten 650 illegal aliens shipped into their city uh, over the past three weeks or so, and it was actually just yesterday the Denver mayor uh, called a called a state of emergency there, and he has he has less than 700 illegal aliens there. (laughs) Imagine what all these cities are going to be doing. Yeah,
1: we get we get it, that we get that in one day,
4: incredible. Yeah, I mean, you
2: get that in a couple hours.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh my yeah. gosh, incredible. So, you know, what do you think? Uh, we, we need to we need to conclude here. But what, what do you think? What, uh, is twenty twenty three going to bring us?
4: 2023, hopefully it's going to bring us some border security. I mean, you know, we have some we have some real promise in the fact that this till cinema agreement did not get through the Senate. Because as we know, the Senate, it's still, you know, uh, assuming, you know, people don't end up changing parties the same way cinema does, it's still going to be essentially Democrat-dominated. Now, they're still right now Democrat-dominated. The fact that we they weren't able to pass this DACA for essentially window-dressing bill shows promise that border security may, may, may just possibly – be something that the senate may be willing to look at and looking in the house you know we have kevin mccarthy coming back as speaker maybe could be andy biggs of course there's a race there um, but ultimately with republicans being in control of the house they're going to have the ability to carry out investigations mccarthy already said if he becomes speaker he's going to be having investigations at the border um they're going to be doing a lot more things putting more of the administration's feet to the fire in a way that we weren't able to previously excellent
1: Buddy, uh, you know, uh, we're going to have to talk to you some more because we're very, very worried about what D.C. is going to do and how it's going to impact us here in San... Here. I mean, you know, we may talk about uh, here in Texas about uh, taking things into our own hands, but ultimately, I mean, we do have to play by the rules of the Constitution and, you know, what we can do, what we can't do. Uh, we do have to depend on D.C. for a while. That's for sure.
4: uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course. And, hey, you know, in the Constitution, you know, it says immigration, that's the federal government, that's something we're responsible here and something that we should be paying a lot more attention to.
1: Oh, at least. We've been speaking, folks, with our good friend, Mr. Ron Kovach, the um, spokesman for FAIR, the Federation for for American Immigration Reform. Ron, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us today.
4: Of course, George. Thanks for having me on, and uh, make sure we we keep talking about this. This is an important issue, and uh, if it ends up falling to the wayside, uh, that'll be an issue, and we'll see more and more people coming across.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Before we let you go, tell them where, where we can uh, where people can support and uh, and uh, donate to fair
4: of course well you can find us at fair on facebook you can find us at fair immigration on twitter at fair immigration on instagram we also have a getter we have a true social um we have a podcast that runs on spotify google apple all of those as well that's called understanding immigration but of course as you mentioned at the tail end there's something that's important if you guys like what you're hearing if you like hearing the efforts that we're doing whether it's lobbying in dc whether it's talking to different legislators different studies we're coming up with if you go to our fair website that's going to be fair us org. right at the top you'll see a a donate button you know five dollars ten dollars whatever you can donate of course it's going to help us in our mission and uh trying to make sure we're we're keeping the borders secure
1: you got it thank you very very much once again my friends george rodriguez el conservador talking to you from san antonio Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. And we've got our good friend, Mr. John Zadrozny from uh, Washington, D.C., or he is in Washington, D.C. He is with the America First Legal Foundation. He is the deputy of investigations. And I wanted to get him on uh, to talk about the politics and possible civil war that we might have within the Republican Party because john thank you for joining us we are worried as to uh how the republican party is going to address particularly the the border issues that we've got as well as other issues that we've got in uh out here in uh in in the hinterland uh what is going on in washington give us give us an update
5: Hey, George, it's, it's great to be with you. Thank you for having me on. Uh, well, the short version is, like you said, uh, Chip Roy and 12 other Republican members of the House or uh, members-elect uh, signed a letter basically saying we're going to block everything that any senators who vote for this omnibus bill do uh, if they vote for it. Um, and basically, they point out that it's a disastrous bill, that the Republican Congress should have a say in it in the next Congress, and that the only reason that it would come be able to pass is if 10 Republicans lend their weight to getting it past cloture um, and letting it go to a final vote. Uh, And uh, they're right. Cheers to Chip Roy and the other members who are lined up in this camp because the reality is this is is why the Republican Party is broken. Uh, And this is why the Republican Party isn't doing as well as people want. People do not go out and vote for Democrat light. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about what happened last month in November that the red wave was more of a red puddle or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think part of that is because people are sick of voting for Republicans who really don't look that different from Democrats after they get to Washington. And uh, Chip Roy understands, as do the other members who are working with him and signed this letter, that they have a unique leverage now. The Republicans are only going to have, I believe, 222 seats uh, to the Democrats, 213. So that's a nine seat edge. Uh, and they've got that leverage. And quite frankly, they should, because the reality is. Republican leadership, and I use that word leadership loosely, George, um, always kind of manipulates the conservatives and says, we'll get you something later. Uh, it's like Lucy with the football with Charlie Brown, and they never quite get it. So good for them, and I hope they do more of this, and this is exactly what needs to be done.
1: Tell us about this omnibus bill, because um, one of the headaches that we consistently have is that a bill was is passed, but it's got all sorts of things hidden in it that uh, you know come back to haunt us later.
5: Yeah, George, I'm actually uh, we're actually working our way through it right now. I don't have a full picture of it, but I can tell you this. It's a 1.7 trillion dollar monstrosity. trillion trillion. Uh, tri- trillion with a T. Um and um it's it's unfortunately it's the exactly what you'd expect from a Democrat Congress with the Vichy Republicans who are assisting them, which is just lots of spending, lots of garbage. Um every liberal pet project Um, my understanding is that there's a lot of money for um, basically everything from the woke ideology and the corporate enforcement to um, all the DEI insanity and uh, there's other stuff too I'm I'm particularly focused on some of the immigration stuff and I might be able to get you a readout later but I'm sure there's just lots of money slathered on programs for illegal aliens and benefits and I'm worried that they might have squeezed an amnesty in there too because this is what Democrats also do in these, these omnibus bills and this is why Republicans should never support them. They put a lot of garbage in there that they know they can't get through in a normal vote as a standalone bill, they put it in a giant funding bill on the on the edge of a shutdown and say, hurry up, there's no time to look at it, vote for this thing. And then you've passed a bill that has all sorts of garbage in it that no one in their right minds would ever support under normal circumstances, but they make you a bad guy if you don't vote for it because you're shutting down the government, or so they say. So anyway... Um, it's. I'll get. I'm looking forward to seeing what's in it because it really. And any Republican who really does vote for this thing really needs to be called out. I suspect what they'll do though, because this is how Fentanyl Mitch and his uh, slimy colleagues work, is they'll find the ten Republicans who are not strong enough on our issues, but who also just got reelected or got elected, and make them vote for it so they can so they don't put anyone who's on a glide path to an election next in the next two years in harm's way. Um, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens.
1: I mean, uh, Chip Roy is my congressman, and I know that he has been criticized a couple of times, very, very much, because he won't uh, he won't vote on something that he hasn't read. Yet I remember the famous quote by Nancy Pelosi when the um, when they passed Obamacare. Uh, well, let's pass it so that we can so that we know what's in it. Uh, I, I, just, I mean, is this how they're operating?
5: I mean, a novel thought, right, to have a, a member read a bill before they vote for it. I mean, this is what, the you know, I, I can't even say the left here, George. This is what the, the swamp in Congress, uh, Republican or Democrat, want. They want to pass giant bills with lots of hidden goodies that no one ever has time to look at. And th- this is actually one of those things that's really shameful because Republicans usually run on these type of good government Transparency initiatives I know this was a big deal back in 1994 When Gingrich ran uh, for Speaker And the Republicans won control of the House For the first time in 40 plus years He said, look, we're not going to put stuff on the floor uh, un- Until our members have read it and approve of it And that went the way of the dodo When Boehner was in charge And other speakers followed suit And it's a reason why Republican voters Hate the Republican Party Because they say they're going to do things differently And they do the same exact things Democrats do um, But yeah, it should be This is another broader point which is that bills should be smaller um you know i think it's a lot of members have tried their best but leadership always fights back to do smaller bills um but i i think i know a few members who are very focused on i want to do a bill that the average american can read in less than 10 minutes and i think that's a pretty good standard the problem is getting congress's attention on something for longer than five minutes is hard and so there are other members who say look the only way we're going to cover issue x and get a bill passed is if we put a lot of stuff that everybody wants in there we're not going to keep going back to the well for this bill so there are different competing viewpoints on it the reality is though there shouldn't be things hidden in a bill um, one piece of advice my a friend of mine who works on the hill for year had worked on the hill for years gave me was if you want to know what kind of garbage is in a bill start reading it from the back because there's a certain calculation that you're seriously there's a certain calculation that you're going to give up on being interested in what's in there midway through the bill, or, or even less than midway through the bill, and you or you start to glaze over. All the goodies are hidden in the back, so it's true, really.
1: Wow, it, it is now uh, this coming Congress, this coming Congress, because this is a lame duck Congress right now. I would imagine that during the lame duck Congress, the Democrats are going to push whatever they can through. Uh, what about in the coming congress do you think do you will there be a a, a stopgap if if there is anything <laughs>
5: I do think so, George. Uh, we, you know, we have yet to see who's going to be speaker. Um, the odds are good it will probably be Kevin McCarthy despite his issues. Uh, but I, I think there is an actual interest in shaking it up, and maybe there will be one or two other candidates, and we'll see. I know uh, some chair races are not decided either. That could make a, a real impact. There are some, some good members who could be chairs, but they're fighting it out with other people, and we'll see if we'll see who lands in those roles. That will have an impact on how things go both legislatively and in terms of investigations. Um, I, I think um, it will be fine in the sense that the Republicans... I mean, I, I'm one of the few people, I shouldn't say this out loud, but one of the few people who's glad the Republicans didn't win 250 seats this year because by having a slim margin, it actually makes the conservatives in Congress that much more powerful. And so you've got the Chip Roys and the other guys on that letter who are going to be involved in making sure that we're not, they're not voting. I mean, you literally need basically you can't lose more than four members um in this in the next congress if you're kevin mccarthy or whoever speaker it's because if you lose five members you don't win that vote uh and so those guys have a lot of clout uh now you could the same thing is true um for people who don't necessarily agree with the conservatives the, the more liberal wing of the party but the reality is kevin mccarthy or whoever speaker is going to have to do a better job they're going to they can't get away with basically saying, look, there are too many members to corral um because if Kevin McCarthy starts losing vote after vote after vote because the conservatives are peeling back and you've got – a bunch of liberal republicans voting with democrats he's not going to maintain the speakership so it's it's an interesting dynamic i think they will be mostly good i think chip roy and the others will keep them honest and uh you know you're going to have a situation where we're probably going to see more battles like this in the sense of democrats will put a lot of garbage in the senate bill and say we're out of time and then the republicans are going to have to um you know have a fight about a shutdown all over the place I'm okay with that actually I think Republicans strategically are wrong when they say shutdowns don't help Republicans I think they do I think they do because, <laughs> yeah, no, okay, the reality is it's the only tool you have to show what you believe in yeah. right? Uh, a lot of everything else is theater but if you're saying look we're not going to spend that much money on these things and you're having a fight with other people or with the president and you're saying we're just not going to spend that money um, that's really all you can do to show voters you're serious because that's your job and uh, I, I, think, uh, uh, I think we're going to see we're going to be okay basically is what i'm saying the catch is if they put all this stuff out now and they cram all this nonsensical spending in now it's a harder pull for the republicans to pull it back later but um yeah we'll see what happens but i'm optimistic for the future again the slim majority i think is helpful and it'll keep the speaker and the other leadership honest
1: real quick <clears throat> do you think uh, that um the issue of immigration is going to get addressed in a positive manner i mean in a in a helpful manner for us down here in the in in the uh uh, along the border this coming year
5: uh unfortunately i I mean in terms of what the republican bills uh, republicans would do in the house maybe um i think there's a lot of potential to use the spending tools like we were discussing to curb some of the problems i mean the reality is the federal government just is slathering money over all these agencies, but they're not doing their jobs. The real problem is Congress only can go so far, they can only withhold money or provide money. If you have an administration like the current one that refuses to enforce the law, you have what you have. So the reality is not very much is going to change from an operational perspective uh, unless there is a change in the White House. And so that's going to be two years away at the very least. Yeah. Um, you know, And the, the reality, too, is that they could, I think one thing that could have a... Meaningful operational impact and chill some bad behavior is. I think the House should impeach uh, Alejandro Mayorkas. I think that absolutely needs to happen. It's not a question of do do we like him or not? Is he a nice guy or not? It has nothing to do with that. He is grossly negligent in his duties and has led to the death of hundreds of thousands of people um, around the United States and in the hemisphere. Um, You know, Americans dying from fentanyl, people being trafficked in the hands of cartels, children being beaten and raped. All of that is on his hands. And quite frankly, his, his removal would be a strong message saying, look, you're not going to be able to stay here. You can't not serve the American people and make a ton of money and be famous and all that. You're going to lose your job. And, you know, I, honestly, I think at some point if there is a Republican White House, if we're ever allowed to win an election again, there needs to be a criminal investigation of the people who are this grossly negligent in our federal government because people literally have died as a result of drugs and violence. So it has to be dealt with.
1: You got it. Thank you very, very much. We've been speaking with John Zadrozny from the America First Foundation Legal Foundation in Washington D.C. John, thank you very much as usual for taking time to be with us. My
5: pleasure, George, and have a merry Christmas.
1: You too, and your family too. Once again, my friends, George. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio.